You're listening to Work Tape, episode 11. Welcome to the Work Tape podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Grover. We're here again with Jeff Hall. Hello. Hope you guys enjoyed that voice crack right there. But anyway, what I've always wanted to say on a podcast, the Californians. Californians. The Californians. We're talking about Californians today. Californian punk. Yes, California punk. punk. rock, which is, in my opinion, the best version of punk rock if you're going to listen to any of these California punk bands. And that is the sound that you want to remember. So why is California punk so significant? I'm partially biased because I do live here. My uh, Aunt Lisa, she grew up in Orange County. So she was kind of part of why I like it. But... It's just the style they had. They had very unique approach to the songwriting that the British could not really replicate. And even like the East Coast guys can't replicate. It's something that California has that no one else has. So they wish they all could be California punks? Yeah, they do. They wish they could all listen to Black Flag and <laughs> rollerblade down the Pacific Coast Highway. Oh my goodness. SoCal, man. SoCal. But... Let's think about like when the California punk was at its height. It was like in the early 80s, I want to say. And if you look back before that, they started like a lot Mid of the bands. 70s? Yeah. A lot of the bands started at the same time as like Sex Pistols or Crass or any of those UK guys. Hmm. So in a way, they were doing it at the same time. Because everyone wants to always answer the question, where, where did punk start? Oh, you know, it's funny. I thought Crass were from America. No, no, they're from the British Empire. Oh. No, I'm just right. kidding. I'm just Well, because Crass is like your favorite punk band. Isn't aren't they your favorite band, period? Mm, they're my favorite punk band. It's a toss-up between them and the Dead Kennedys, but Ooh. I'm kinda all over the place. It depends on what kind of mood I'm in. DK is really good, but then again, it's kind of nice to like an obscure band. Yeah. <laughs> I like to have that that uh, superiority over people are like, oh, you like these guys? What music snob doesn't? I know. Come on. <laughs> you know us, right? <laughs> yeah. You want to divide California scene as like three different, I guess, groups. You've got the LA scene. You've got the Orange County scene. And then you've got the Bay Area, like Northern California. And they all have their certain little characteristics and really good bands that came out of each of those areas. Like with the LA scene, got TSOL, which is one of my all-time favorite bands. And they started out with their EP, the Black EP, which everyone has heard of. And it was kind of straight up punk rock, hardcore with a little bit of a political twist. But then the next album, which was uh, Dance With Me, they took it to a different level and they went more like horror punk or almost goth rock in a way. Similar to Misfits? Sort of, but a little bit, a more, little bit gothy. more gothy. Yeah. yeah, more like The Cure. Susie and the Banshees? Yes, exactly. Yeah. A lot of fans didn't like it. They were more familiar with like the traditional punk sound. You don't want keyboards in a punk band. That's unheard of. I mean, they had organ and punk. Yeah, X had that. Yeah, so why why not piano? Yeah. Well, you know, synthesizers are kind of a different thing. They're a different animal. Yeah. Yeah. They sound good in punk songs. I mean, Dude. If, if you know how to use them, might as well. It is how you use them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I, I think it's interesting with the keyboard situation. Keyboards are synonymous with New Wave. Yeah, and that was the same time when New Wave was coming out. So mm -hmm. so punk alternative, New Wave, even though I guess you could say New Wave is, it is under the umbrella of alternative. Mm -hmm. 
But I think we, I don't remember if we touched it on the previous podcast or not, but punk and alternative really go together like peanut butter and jelly. I almost feel like, because, you know, you listen to Velvet Underground, it's hard to separate that. There's a punk aesthetic to Velvet mm-hmm. and um, Stooges and... They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Even Garage Rock. Mm-hmm. They really seem to go hand in hand. So I was showing you the New York Dolls earlier. Yeah. Now they kind of have that punk sound, but also a glam sound in a way. They had that yeah. keyboard or the piano in it and stuff. Yeah, they, they almost seem inseparable to me. But I guess back to the new wave thing. So we're not getting too off topic because you know me. The keyboards seem to be a staple in new wave. And I could totally hear where punk bands would use synthesizers if they really wanted to. But traditionally, the punk that we all know for the most part They'd want to keep it pure and they, they... They didn't use synthesizers, really. I've heard organ, but not synthesizers. I didn't grow up during the era, but from what I've heard is punk and new wave fans didn't really get along. Because <laughs> uh, punk was supposed to be like the opposite of the new wave, which is supposed to be trendy and pop. And they were supposed to be rebelling against it. But I don't know. Nowadays, it's just music. Right. The way it's always been? Yeah, the way it's always been. That would be interesting to touch on the rivalry on that. Huh. That would be kind of cool. But with the California punk scene, mid-70s you were talking about, and then we were talking about how they didn't use synthesizers. Yeah. They like keyboards go on. A lot of bands really took off around like 1980. There was tons of bands coming out of all the three different areas. And among them was my favorite, the Dead Kennedys. They came out of the Bay Area. Jello Biafra and East Bay Ray. And they had this unique sound that... To this day, no other punk band can compete with their level of playing. Like East Bay Ray's guitar is just, it's magical. He blended like surf tones with punk riffs, I guess, mm-hmm. and did his own thing with it. And then also on top of that, Jello Biafra is kind of a unique approach to songwriting where he's uh, almost satiring, okay. satirizing the American society and all kinds of stuff like that. It just made a very, very good band that no one can top. What were some of the bands that they really took from, sound-wise? Not so much thematically. Some rock and roll, maybe like uh, Beach Boys, maybe. Really? Some of the surfy, or Dick Dale, actually. Dick Dale, that's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Kind of like with the surf tones. And Agent Orange actually did the same kind of, same thing, but they didn't do it as good. Right. They did it good, but not as good. I forgot about Agent Orange. They actually did a cover of Miserloo. Oh, they did? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I don't know. There's something about the Dead Kennys. They have that magic. And they, um, they can't be topped. Hmm. Just my opinion. Trust me. You're not the only one that feels that way about DK. I just thought about Donkey Kong for a second. <laughs> I totally forgot. We were talking about Dead Kennedys as far as an acronym goes. But uh, yeah, DK, uh, I tried listening to them a bit. And they're really good. I, good I, album to start with is uh, Fresh Fruit for Rotting Vegetables. That's a cool title. Yeah. What year is that from? Uh, 78. 78. Um, you're probably going to get to this later. Or actually, no, I'm, mis- I'm mistaken. It's 1980. 80. Okay. Yeah. No, you, you will probably get to this later in this episode. We have a lot to talk about. But for California Punk, I really mostly got into like the germs and… See, now I'm not a big fan of the germs. We talked about that. Yeah. But little known fact, I just found out earlier actually, um, their guitarist Patch Smear… Yeah, the Foo Fighters? Yeah, he was uh, oh, I started... Thought you, I thought you knew that. No, I did not know that. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've never liked the germs though. I never liked Darby uh-huh. singing. It's just, and he just sounds like he's just messed up all the time. I'm the one that and got you. he probably you. was. I'm the one that got you on Foo Fighters too. Yeah. I'm like proselytizing for the Foo Fighters <laughs> out there. 
<laughs> you have a secret like shirt underneath. Right. <laughs> Do you have a moment to talk about Dave Grohl? <laughs> Dave, I got another one. I got another one. Here. <laughs> well, he did. Uh, he did drum for Scream, but that's uh, you know East Coast. <laughs> I think it's either East Coast or it is uh, Washington. I think yeah. it's DC. I think Scream Probably or DC. DC yeah. They're most likely DC. But we're not here to talk about DC. I know. Or Washington. We're here California. to talk about California. California is the best. That'll be the running thing today. Californians. So Dead Kennedys, they debuted in the 80s. But who were some of those mid-late 70s, 80s? Uh, sorry, mid-late 70s California punk acts. Black Flag, they were 76, I think. And I think they came out with their first album. Rollins? Is it Henry Rollins? Henry Rollins, yes. Yeah. Okay. But… Uh, he was actually not one of my favorite singers. Wasn't he uh, a later singer? Yes. Yeah, he, he was. wasn't the first He was one. in the 80s. Right. Okay. Um, Got it. Greg Jinn and Keith Morris were the black flag that I liked. The founding? Yeah. And uh, actually, Keith Morris went on to form Circle Jerks. And they're another good band. Okay. So Circle Jerks also are California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Black Flag and Circle Jerks kind of go… They're like, In my opinion, they're like the same band. Hmm. They're not really, but they are. Yeah. You know, come to think of it, I think, because, uh, <laughs> you know, I was playing GTA 5 way back, um, but uh, being based in California, that game is just a parody of California life. Yeah. But the punk station was cool. And I saw Circle Jerks and Germs a lot. And I'm, they had Fear on there, I think, as well. Yeah. I think Adolescence was on there. I can't remember. But I think they had… They were Amoeba. Okay. Yeah. Um, off? Yeah. Or Off Californian? No, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. I should do more research. But it sounds like they had a lot of California punk bands. I mean, yeah. California is notorious for it. Yeah. You know? But you were talking about how you're biased toward California stuff. I actually find it, ironically, typically I'm not into California bands. Yeah, I remember you saying that. You like more of the East colder Coast, areas. East Coast and Northern places. Yeah. You would you, never live there, but you like the music. That right. Comes from I would, the places where I want to live, I typically don't like the bands from there. And in the places <laughs> that I don't want to live. Great music. Yeah. That's just how I am. I feel like harsh environments in California. Well, we do. I don't mean to further the stereotypes that we don't see any snow and rain. Yes, in particular regions, that is we true. We see rain maybe like two days out of the year. Yes, but we also see snow even where we are in Hemet. We do see snow pretty closely. Yeah, uh, we, we're surrounded by mountains. Yeah, dude, we get crazy cold and miserable weather. So we we have it all out here. And this is why people hate us. Yes, we can be annoying. But yes, that's why people hate us. But generally, California bands are hailing from really hot areas. Yeah. And bands that tend to be from hot areas, they're just too happy for me. Yeah, it's almost like fun in the sun. You know, everything's good. We're all surfing. Oh, uh, yeah. Even Beach Boys, I prefer their darker songs. I just never liked... Like Rolling Stones. I like Rolling Stones because they're edgy. They're, you know, it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's kind of dreary and depressing. Black. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I, I like stuff like that. And that's a big reason why I like post-punk because of the dark yeah, tones to it. Yeah, the dreariness to it. But it's usually post-punk. I think the best post-punk is from like cold areas. Yeah. Like, you know, again, England. Which is weird with uh, the California punk is not very happy. A lot no, of it's and see, anti-establishment. This is where it changes angry. with California punk. Yeah. Very angry. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a lot of uh, a lot of shouting, a lot of anger towards police or any authority figure for that matter. It's not necessarily political. It is political, but it's not to the level of like crass or conflict where they're, you know, anarcho and this is what they're going to do. This is their agenda. They didn't really have an agenda. They were just kids who were like skateboarding or surfing and 
just didn't like being told what to do. So they wrote songs about it. Would you say the American East Coast punk was a much more political? Yeah, Minor Threat and them, I'd say more. So in a way, they're kind of like, oh, everything's fun in the sun, California, but they're also very angry. (laughs) So it's kind of a juxtaposition, which is cool. It makes uh, for good songs. So Black Flag uh, were some of the early dudes. Uh, Who else? Um, got Agent Orange. Um, Are they from the Bay? This is all, I'm going with OC punk mostly because that's what I'm more familiar with. Right. But um, LA scene had a lot of cool stuff too. Like X, they came out in 77. Mm-hmm. Um, the Descendants, they came out in 1977. And then... Where are Descendants from? They're from Manhattan Beach. Which is in LA. That's New York. <laughs> Manhattan's in New York. That's New York, man. <laughs> Just wait. We're going to get emails. People trying to correct me when I'm obviously being an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like, okay, fine. I guess I won't joke anymore. <laughs> so they're from... So that Manhattan Beach. Okay. I think that's, that's in LA, yeah. Okay, now, not, yeah. Okay, now I'm second guessing. Now I know, now I'm, I'm like, second oh, guessing wait, too. Wait, I think it is LA from LA, LA too. Yeah. See, oh, dang, dude. That's going to suck. Manhattan, that sounds New York. <laughs> that sounds New York. <laughs> um, yeah, you listened to Milo goes to college the other day, right? I listened to it halfway through. And that's all you could take? You just say them? No, not. because <laughs> I was cycling through so many bands that I, uh, I just, I wanted to give them a, a more thorough listen. Yeah, that's well, I, honestly. I really the, liked what I hear, I heard. That was from 1982, right? Yeah. I always know my years. Yes. And that is probably their best album. I mean, they have more albums, obviously, up to up to actually 2021. But no, from a consumer standpoint, I would probably say that was their heyday. Yeah, that was definitely their heyday. And that has uh, got a lot of good songs on it. I noticed the peaks of most bands. Actually, quite a lot of bands only peak for one album. Especially with punk bands. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're that right. That one album and then You're everything right. else is garbage. I notice it tends to be one, two, three if you're really pushing it. Yeah. Um, but two seems to be the golden number with, with a lot of bands. But Dead Kennedys, though. Every album is good. That's, that's an ex- just me that's being an a little exception. fanboy. But... Even if that were true, that's totally exceptional. Yeah, like X. They had uh, with Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of just… Eh. They still remain good. They changed their sound a lot. Um they're really talented musicians and that's kind of like that was the obvious direction they were going to go because they're not going to keep playing punk songs that are very simple. They want to expand. Yeah, X really expanded their sound. Oh, yeah. They even had like a period during like the late 80s where it was almost like rock ballady kind of stuff, mm. which was not my cup of tea, but it's cool that they were able to do that. They had the talent. And same with TSOL. They had a number of albums in like the late 80s, early 90s that are just it's just awful. They're considered <laughs> hard rock. Right. But they're, nah, they're not good. The last TSOL album that was good was, um, I think it was Change Today. That came out in 84. And after that, they just kind of lost it. But a lot of the fans will disagree and say that the last album that they did that was good was the first album, which was uh, Dance With Me. And then they didn't understand Beneath the Shadows, but... Neat the Shadows was where they were going more of a goth rock direction. And they just didn't understand it. They were too punk rock. <laughs> Is there ever such a thing in punk? Yeah. <laughs> oh, there was that dude he told me about. I don't think uh, he was a California punker. That guy we talked about. 
He shall never be named. Which guy? The grossest man. I totally forgot his name. Oh, G.G. Allen. Mm -hmm. Which band was he a part of? Uh, The Murder Junkies, The Jabbers, uh, a bunch of other ones. Just garbage. Uh, American though? Uh, They're all American. He's, I believe he was on like the East Coast. Yeah, he would belong to you guys. Probably sloshed his way out here to California and polluted Uh. our nice... (laughs) Good songs. They always get garbage. mad at Californians who's like, oh, we don't, it's like, stop coming to other places. Like, dude, it was people who came to us. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. He's, um, we attracted the weirdos and now we the did. weirdos want to go other LA. places. All right. But we were I blame not, LA. we were not weird from the beginning. <laughs> it was because we had all this gold. Yeah. And everyone just wanted all that gold. The streets were paved with it. And uh, anyone who wants it can get in on it. Yeah. <laughs> Inside SoCal. <laughs> But yeah, Gigi Allen is uh, interesting. Yeah, you can't not talk about him when you talk about punk rock. His name just has to come up. And let's dedicate a whole episode to talking about him. Oh no, thank you. I, I I'm totally joking. It would not be family friendly. We, yeah, wait, he was, the whole the whole episode would be blank because he had to censor it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had maybe one or two hits that I liked that were kind of catchy. Okay. And that was in his very early, early years with the Jabbers, I think. Hey, weirdos make hits. Yeah. But that's why uh, none of my songs are hits. Neither are mine. He's terrible. Okay. Bottom line, he belongs to you guys, not us. So we yeah. can keep that trash out of California. <laughs> get out. Just get out. Take the 405 and get out. <laughs> Wait, with the 405, take. Never All right, mind. Now take us right back to. <laughs> Mulholland. Oh, no. That'll take him to, to Las Vegas, right? Maybe. Yeah, he belongs in Vegas. Oh, no, no. The, the Magic Dragon. It's a, the five that goes to Vegas, right? No, the five goes all the way north. Five goes north. To, to Oregon. Yeah. Where we get the wipers. But we need to talk oh. about Oregon punk later. We won't do that. We'll do that. We'll do that another time. Because I could get all into the Northwest punk. I need to be educated on some of that, too. I'm kind of clueless when it comes to Oregon punk. Well, the wipers are the only band that matters. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Back to the California punk. I totally derailed. I know Social D. A lot of people like them. Social distortions from… Yeah, mm-hmm. they are from here. Yeah, they're okay. from California. What area? Uh, I think it's OC. Yeah, Orange County. But uh, I never really got into them. Them or Bad Religion for okay. some reason. I remember uh, my friend showed me Bad Religion's very first album. And it was it's actually pretty good. But other than that, they just kind of… They went to a weird kind of country, almost rockabilly mm-hmm. oh, sound. Oh my that gosh, I, I, I just, I don't know. It sounded like a modernized Johnny Cash punk version or something. <laughs> I have so many people who like rockabilly and I feel bad because… Some of it's all right, but it's… Yeah, I just… It all sounds the same. Okay, so that's another topic. Because people use that as an argument why it's bad. It sounds the same. And I feel like it's valid only in music you hate. Yeah, because then… Every music sounds the same. Pretty much. But of course, your music that you like. If you like it, you kind of want it to sound the same. Yeah. Because that's what like turns you onto it in the first place is that sound. So you kind of expect the rest of the songs to follow suit. Exactly. Now with punk, punk is a genre that is known for… It's almost like blues where people consider it to be very repetitive. Yeah. It's very formulaic and repetitive. However… You could make a case for punk bands. The ones that we talk about, like Dead Kennedys and uh, 
Even wipers. Wipers is very they unique. They jazzied it up. Jazzed well, it up. Well, Fugazi, right. So I've noticed a lot of the really notorious punk bands, or X, mm-hmm. they really dabbled in making their sound They stood unique. out from the rest, yeah. Yeah, they dabbled in, in a wide variety of sounds. They never stuck to just one particular template. Yeah. And that's how they stayed above the, the mm-hmm. norm. <laughs> Even Descendants. You listen to Descendants? Yeah. I love the dynamics. It's very cookie-cutter punk rock, but it is… Well, maybe at the core, but I was listening to them and they have some really complex rhythms, man. And it's almost pop rock in a way. It's pop rock, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. In fact, again, you know, we have that saying, if it's a song, it's pop. Yeah, and pop is genreless. Pop is essentially genreless, it's yes. Like a, pop is like a chameleon. It can sneak its way into any genre <laughs> and disguise itself as that genre. Well, we could talk about that later, but pop and progressive uh, oh. tends to be the opposite. Yeah. It's they're, like, like, they're like antonyms. Mm-hmm. In, my, in my opinion, they're antonyms. At, at so least from you can't have a progressive pop band. You can have a progressive pop. I mean, you can have a pop punk band. Yeah. And that's yeah. almost like an oxymoron. Yeah. But then pop again, metal. pop also <laughs> is, like I said before, pop is defined by the times. Because mm-hmm. in, in the 30s, popular music, pop was considered big band and swing. So, and that is a precursor to a future episode. <laughs> Even grunge was maybe pop music. Yeah, it's pop. No, if it's a song, it's pop. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's you could even make an, a um, a case that Johann Sebastian Bach's and and Beethoven's biggest tracks, those the biggest instrumentals, those are essentially popular pop music. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Mm-hmm. But a song is a song, and instrumentals an instrumental. But we can get into that later. Yeah. But when it comes to the punk bands of old, the seventies and eighties. Concerning California punk, yeah, I've noticed that California for sure. It's got a style. There is a unique style and I noticed they really were more experimental. Yeah. I mean, yes, there are tons of punk bands from different areas, different states, different countries that were very, uh, they are very unique and they were very prolific with their styles that they play in. But there's something about California punk bands. I noticed that I think they did experiment just a tad bit more. Yeah. In the overall punk scene. I think it has to do with, with the weather and, and the setting. Like I felt like punk from other places other than California were much more traditional. Yeah. In fact, I got to be honest. I think that's why I preferred a lot of bands outside of California sometimes. Because ironically, I, I talk about music being too repetitive and too much the same. Sometimes it's comforting to have that. Yeah. Sometimes I liked it when an artist wouldn't get all crazy and changing up too much because… I wanted a u- a uniform project. When I listen to an album, I want there to be some uniformity. So yes, I would like all the songs to sound different. But I noticed a lot of California bands and I think, you know, California punk bands too. Sometimes they really went weirdly with something and I was like, ah, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. Like maybe if you wanted to dedicate an album to the sound, it'd be great. But like the Minutemen, for instance. Minutemen are, are an exception. I don't know why, but you know, I like that gang of four sound as we yeah. talked about. And they're uh, almost like a California version of Fugazi, you were saying. Where are Fugazi from? Uh, I think they're from DC. Dang it. Because it oh, they're from off DC. a minor Yeah, threat. they're from DC. Yeah. Yeah. It was you're Ian right. McKay and mm-hmm. he, yep. Started it. And- oh, what I would do if Fugazi were from California. I would be <laughs> yeah, you guys. Then we have it all. <laughs> the DC scene's cool. Oh, we'll have yeah, to talk DC about these has ones. A really good scene. That's next time. Yeah, next time we'll talk about talk DC. about bad brains, bad brains, yeah, all that stuff, <laughs> jazzy fusion stuff. Ooh, that was good, uh, and scream. But uh, yeah. concerning Minutemen, they are a trip, dude. Yeah, they uh, kind of yeah. push the envelope in terms of like 
traditional punk songwriting and they had weird time signatures and just weird approach to songwriting in general. That's what makes them fun. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that made them stand out. It was very, very unique for the time. I was thinking about bands out here had that, kind of like the outcasts, I guess, like a lot of these bands. And they attracted a lot of the outcasts, like the losers in school who had acne and kids who were not fitting in and were always angry at something. Most of them were middle class, which is kind of why I identify with California punk because I grew up in a middle class household and kind of relate with it. Like a lot of the songs are anti, like authoritarian. That's true. Not necessarily political, like I was saying earlier. Not like there's no political agenda. You're just an angry kid and you're just lashing out against mom and dad or against your teacher or whoever. That's why it got so popular. So a lot of the kids wanted something like that to like look up to and they would go to the shows and stuff and be able to dance and have like their outlet for their anger, which is why I like California punk. Have you been able to figure out some distinct differences between the Bay, Orange County, and LA? Yeah. LA tended to be more gothy, especially with X and like uh, Christian Death, I think came from there. And it was more of a dark kind of sound. Whereas the Bay Area... Honestly, I know from Bay Do you think the Bay was the weirder? It was the weirder. Yeah, it was probably because San Francisco and a lot of like the hippie (laughs) movement was up there. But Jello Biafra and Dead Kennedys, that's really all I know from the Bay Area. I know I'm I'm a total poser. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But yeah, I I have a feeling. No, no Black Eyed Peas. But I, I really did have a feeling that the Bay would be known for the more unique sounding. Yeah. Probably more experimental bands. X is very experimental. But, you know, there are some exceptions, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> exceptions. Well, <laughs> I just keep running into these. I've got to keep those in. Now, the Orange County scene, though. What- That's more of like what I was talking about. With Traditional? Kids, kids just being angry. and Okay. It's more middle class based. and I know. What, what's up with that? It, I don't know if it was maybe boredom from being in a... They were too rich. Yeah. They maybe <laughs> saw mom and dad and like, I do not want to be like this. I don't want to live in this cookie cutter neighborhood with Bob next door and talking about the Pam. Lakers game and who knows <laughs> and what Pam's else. bad cooking. Yeah. It's like, oh no. I wonder if that's for the Karen. Oh, the Karens are from Orange County. Whoops. <laughs> OC life. It's not the life for me. Oh my gosh. Wow, that is funny. Yeah, a really good band from OC is DI. It came out in 1980, I believe. And they mm-hmm. had this one album, Ancient Artifacts. Awesome album. I heard it when I was in like eighth grade. And I didn't really get it at the time. I just kind of like looked past it. I listened to it, but I was like, eh, it's not right. Mm-hmm. But then when I got in like my early 20s, I listened to it again. And I was like, this is an amazing album. Very well written. And actually the first track, OC Life, is in the same key and it rips off this, I don't know who ripped off who actually, but uh, Romeo's Distress by Christian Death. Listen to that and then listen to OC Life and hmm. same key. Okay. It's kind of weird. And they're in two different areas, OC and LA. But eh, maybe I'm just crazy. Aren't we all? Yeah. I listen to punk quite a bit, but punk is, I have to admit, is not one of those styles of music where I really know where they're from. I do know where a lot of punk bands yeah. are from, but I couldn't tell you the LA scene versus the New York scene too much. Not as much as you can, because you're the punk guy. That's why you're here. <laughs> More biased towards like... I'm exploiting you for your punk knowledge. 
I just have my favorite bands and I, I really stick to them. Like I listen to a lot of the other bands, but if they don't really have it that I'm what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. then I'm just kind of going to overlook them. Like the Germs, I never really listened to them that much because… You didn't like the lead guy? Darby, yeah. Yeah. He was terrible. And Actually, I remember watching a documentary with them and they were very inexperienced as musicians, all of them. <laughs> they didn't know how to… I don't think anyone knew how to play. Isn't that what punk are? Yeah, kind of. That's kind of a. a I'm kind of joking. Yeah, that actually is a. I'm kidding. Pretty true joke because the only ones that don't know how to play are punk rockers. I mean, truly, right? If you suck at writing songs and you suck at playing music, this just X and DK are not truly punk bands. Yeah, they're Fugazi doesn't count. They're too good. They're progressive punk, right? (laughs) See, even that's an oxy. Well, actually, no, no. I take that back. Uh, Punk, punk is actually pretty progressive. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of these bands, like the better versions of like X or Dead Kennedys and… Even uh, Descendants. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of things where they wouldn't repeat. They just kind of… matured as a band. Right. But um, if we're going to talk about progressive versus pop, there are a lot of sequences in punk where bands, you know, they continuously change the chords. They're not repeating themselves. Yeah. There's um, a lot of chromaticism in punk rock too. Yeah. A lot of half steps. And I don't know if any music theory nerds out there. To me, that's actually true punk. Yeah. Because I was talking about this with Mitch, which he kind of disagreed. And actually, I, I agree with him disagreeing with me. Um, I think it was episode eight. And we were talking about… Uh, I was talking with him even before we talked about it. Uh-huh. About how Ramones, I feel… Or uh, Sex Pistols. I was basically saying, hey, I mean, isn't it essentially pop? And he's like, well, not really. And I was like, well, sure. You know, I, I agreed with this point, And I can't remember what he was talking about. But I still stand by what I was trying to say is… I still kind of feel like punk is essentially pop in most cases. In most cases, it in is. In most cases. Because you listen to New York Dolls. You listen to Ramones. It's very um, structured. Very, even Pistols. Mm-hmm. Very, there's a chorus. There's a yeah, super structured. Verse. Super catchy. And these are, these are considered like bona fide punk bands. In fact, mm-hmm. if you put Green Day to Sex Pistols… Dude, I've been hearing some straight up similarities. Oh, yeah. Like, Sex Pistols were very, very poppy. But if you listen to that and Green Day, you can hear some huge similarities. Mm-hmm. Like from um, Nevermind the Bullocks. Yeah. I compared that to like Dookie. And it's crazy how much you can hear from the mid-late 70s. When, when punk was… Yeah. You know, when Patti Smith and everyone mm-hmm. was doing their thing. Um, and it's still being replicated in the 90s. Yeah. Buzzcocks. Buzzcocks are really poppy too. Oh, yeah. A lot of that British punk… Um, that's one of the most British names ever. Yeah, the Buzzcocks. The Buzzcocks is one of the most British names. We're playing with the Buzzcocks tonight. <laughs> yeah, they're. <laughs> and then the damned are playing. Oh, You're yeah, playing with the, the pistols. You're playing with the pistols later. <laughs> the, yeah, Deceased. the Buzzcocks are super. Coxbar. <laughs> You're playing with Coxbar. <laughs> oh, I can. I'm gonna have fun with the British. You're punk. gonna have so much fun. Because there's a lot that of bands, the, the addicts. That and, and the California accent. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like playing it all wrong. You got to play it fast and loud. And you got to know what, not what you're doing <laughs> on the guitar. Just hit notes. Just kind of cool. With Black Flag is, they didn't know what they were doing. I'd rather listen to that than someone who's going <laughs> to approach a song and actually like write a real song. I'd rather listen to oh like Keith Morris or Greg Jinn just screw around on the guitar and <laughs> Try and write a song to the oh, best man. of their ability. 
That's punk rock right there. That's punk rock. But dude, it dude, it's essentially pop. Yeah. Like a lot of these songs are pop. Stop fooling yourselves. All these people saying, game no, game punk game isn't game pop. No, a lot of it is, dude. But I, I actually feel truly the, the punk bands that weren't pop were definitely mostly from the hardcore scene. Yeah. Uh, the ones that were hardcore and or the ones who they were more progressive in their writing. Yeah. Where they wouldn't repeat themselves and they… They just play really fast, really super loud. Super fast. They would, they would just, you know, all these chord changes. Honestly, the punkiest songs were usually under two minutes. Yeah. To me, if it's three minutes long, it's a pop song. Yep. Like if it's two and a half you got or more enough minutes, time for two choruses, then you're writing a pop song. No, if you are three minutes long. There's only long, one chorus. Yeah, no, it's absolutely And it's pop. not even a chorus. It's a bridge. A bridge to nowhere. <laughs> a bridge to the so-called verse that you started with. <laughs> no, nah, but it's, yeah, that's true. With punk rock, it's very poppy. It can get poppy, at least in terms of like songwriting style. Because that's how songs are, I guess. I mean, you can't really avoid it. It's They try to go out of the side of the box and just mm-hmm. write very avant-garde styled music. But then it's not really music, is it? When does art become or music become like not even music? When does it become just… Sound? Noise? Sound. Yeah, just noise. Just kind of chaos? Yeah, because you can always say, oh, it's avant-garde. Like, oh, well, I can, I can give you one. You hate this stuff. Um, post-rock. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Explosions in the sky. We got to bring your bro in on this. Yeah, he knows a lot about that stuff. And there's actually, there is some good post-rock bands that he showed me. Right. I'm just not into Explosions because I feel like I'm walking through Chernobyl. Hey, don't talk, don't talk bad about Explosions. Yeah. Wait, was that a, was that a pun? What? <laughs> Chernobyl no, and explosions. I, was, I feel like it, when I listen to them, it's like a slow walk through like a desolate wasteland. And they have like 20 minutes of an intro, one minute of an idea, and then another 20 minutes. Okay. Well, we don't need to talk about explosions. Okay. But yes, I, know, I, sorry, I, know, I know you like post um, You like some of it. Yeah, I like some of it. Um, But post rock or noise rock is what they call some stuff, not necessarily post rock specifically. But I think post rock does incorporate elements of noise rock. Yeah. But even noise rock is a bit to me of a vague title. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of a vague genre name. And it's almost like being art for the sake of being art. Okay. Well, on that topic, because now this kind of gets into the punk again, uh, Sonic Youth. Ah, uh, yes. Which they're not from California. Aren't they from New York? Sonic Youth? Um, Kim Gordon's from. You know what? I don't know where they're from. I literally almost called her Kim Deal. Kim Deal. I know. What's with these Kims? The Kims and the bass plane and… Yeah. They're from There's Darcy. Boston though. Yeah. I think they're from the East Coast. Yeah. Yeah. They're from Boston. I, I can't remember. Oh, Pumpkins are from Chicago. Yeah. Billy Corgan's definitely a Chicago boy. <laughs> Corganize it. Whining! Spine on my rage. They do all that? Yeah. <laughs> I Dude, I, I love Pumpkins, man. I don't understand why I like Billy's approach, but it just… Oh, there's something about it. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. But yeah, Sonic Youth, they, um, some of their stuff is very noisy. And it's almost to the point where it's unlistenable. Mm-hmm. Well, Modest Mouse. We could talk about noise rock with them. Modest Mouse yeah. took exactly what uh, Sonic Youth were doing. And then they just… You ever listened to Sad Sappy Sucker? The mm, first one? Oh, man. I can't remember if I listened to Basically like a bunch of Isaac's demos. But it's, oh, so they're my demos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't heard it. 
Um, I was Isaac before Isaac was. <laughs> this is the only Isaac I know. Right. I don't know. Isaac Brock. Who's, who's he? Kind of Brock. Has been. Some has been. <laughs> in some band with <laughs> noises and drums. So sad, sappy sucker. Yeah. Came out in 94. It's um, That's when they debuted, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think they were playing in the like, late 80s, like practicing him. And it was Eric Judy, Jeremiah Green, and Isaac Brock. Got it. That's the trio that I know. I don't know this new Modest Mouse where they have uh, Johnny Marr in there sometimes. And now there's like, <laughs> 12 drummers. <laughs> and I don't even think Jeremiah Green is even drumming for them anymore. Like it just got way too out of hand. Modest are in your top 10, right? Yeah. Top five? Uh, Actually, yeah. Top five, yeah. It's uh, Modest... Uh, the Smiths. Mm-hmm. Would Crass be in there in the top five? Yeah. Okay. And my number one. Whoa, oh, oh, Elliot Smith. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Okay, that's four though, right? Yeah. That's okay. I, I, as long as I know. Dead Kennedys. Okay, so those are the five. Mm-hmm. That's solid. Got it. Wow, that's that's. Oh, cool. and and actually, I gotta reevaluate my top ten. So Radiohead, one of them was the sixth one. One of them was the sixth. Radiohead one. would probably be in your top five. Yeah. Okay. There we go. So those are your top six. Yeah. That's cool. Now, um, I know we can get into Modest Mouse, but we talked about Noise Rock a little bit. Uh, Sonic Youth using that. Even a Husker Du. I know you're not huge on them. Yeah. But Husker Du kind of had that noisy sound. But I feel like punk… Um, oh, you're talking about music. You're talking about how… When is music able to incorporate that? And when is it still music? And it's not just yeah. noise. I think it's subjective. Because, of course, you need noise to make music. You need… Yeah, some sort of sound wave. and Yeah, like drums. Like drums, even though drums can be, they are musical. They are essentially, um, yeah, you can tone your drums. You can tune your drums. I get it. There's but not like a difference in notes, like an ABC, not, C sharp. That's clear cut, no. Yeah. It's, in fact, it is could, difference, but. In other words, you're using noise to create harmony. Yeah. In a way. And so, yep. if you really want to get into the scientific side of things… Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> because our, our voices are just vibrations. So mm-hmm. each little piece of a vibration doesn't really amount to anything, but these vibrations together right? create sound, create words. Right. So with, and with ups music, and downs, and you can end like an up or a down. It's like, I guess it's like micro chaos. I don't know. I'm trying to look <laughs> at music as like a sound wave and it's just like a, a light wave. So that wave creates a note. And so you put all these different waves together it's kind of all one and the same. Like you couldn't have a song where everything was toned. Yeah. It just wouldn't sound good. In a punk song and you have drum kit, it's nice to hear like the crash of a cymbal. It's nice to hear the kick of a drum. That nice uh, uh, snare pop. Yeah. In fact, even screaming is really nice in music too. Yeah. You know, depending on the style. That's what's cool with punk is like, what's cool with the shows that they used to do. A lot of these kids who are like going through depression or anger and Mm -hmm. angst, they can go to these shows and kind of let loose. It's a nice setting for them to lash out against society Mm -hmm. in a creative and constructive way. I was curious about what you're talking about with California punk not being so traditionally political. Yeah. What do you you mean by that? Um, Most people think of punk rock and they think, oh, anarchy. Anarchy in the UK because Sex Pistols. Yeah, and you did touch about it a little bit, but I want you to elaborate a little bit more. They were more anti-authoritarian. Authoritarian? Anti-establishment, anti-authority. Mm-hmm. Like angry kids, like when you're in school, like that feeling you just want to lash out against the teacher and and re- parents, yeah, rebellion. It was re- pure rebellion. That's what it is, and it's not really political in a way. It's more just like that angst, 
And a lot of the bands that were coming out of California, they were all the were kids. They were like and they were like 19, 20s. So they were kids and they were just like that was their outlet. That was their way to express themselves in anger. They would write these songs and then other kids would listen to it and like it. And then they'd have a little following and they'd start doing shows. Hmm. So I always thought that was cool because it wasn't on the same level as like crass or conflict where they're like all involved with the ALF and like super political and like almost to the point of like terrorists. I know conflict got into a lot of... Uh, conflict? Yeah, they're British. Yeah, they got into a lot of conflict. <laughs> they uh, They did a lot of scandalous things. They're very political over there in the British Empire, which is kind of cool at the same time, but it's also like a little too extreme for me. Mm-hmm. Some things are better as fiction. Yeah. I like it when you want to get something out and you want to lash out in a creative way, like Black Flag did or the Adolescents or any of those bands. Do you ever try to learn some of these tracks? Yeah. I, knew, um, I think I know a DI song, Hang 10 in East Berlin. It's a good one. They also had like a nice satire. And I love it about like the political satire they did. Especially with Dead Kennedys, Jelly Biafra had a way of making fun of American culture and capitalism in such a way that it was like, it was humorous. And it mm-hmm. was, he was so good at it. Can't think of any examples right now, but I guess uh, Police Truck. A lot of people will listen to that song and think like, oh, why is he singing about going around and beating up drunk people? And it's like, no, it's a satire on like the night shift of policemen. He's not singing that he's doing it. He's like making fun of the... Um, because it's fun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the other song, Kill the Poor. It's like, wow, you saying Kill the Poor? Why, why is he saying that? It's like, why not? It's not no, really it's terrible. him saying it. It's like, I don't know, you got to read the lyrics. Reading between the lines, they say. Yeah. I feel it's fascinating that you can write lyrics and, you know, it's up to the, the consumer's interpretation, but what are they supposed to interpret, really, is the yeah. question. That's I love lyrics. lyrics or are, how, rather. Yeah. Because lyrics are actually. Only the person who wrote the lyrics will truly know what they meant. And that's really mm-hmm. cool. And if they're a good lyricist, the lyrics will be relatable to everyone so they can make up their own interpretation that's probably not far from what the lyricist had in mind. Mm-hmm. Not far from home, huh? Yeah. What I do want to say is um, Cesspools in Eden by Dead Kennedys. It's off their last album. came out in 1986. Bedtime for Democracy. That is by far the most complex punk rock song ever made. And it's like, it's a political song. It's a anti, oh, anti-pollution song. If anyone wants to listen to a really good punk rock song, listen to that one. It's got East Bay Ray has some really wacky solos. And then it's got a subject matter involving uh, pollution and building houses on cesspools. I mean, actually, I think we kind of covered most of what we wanted to talk about anyway. Yeah, just so about. It's pretty good for uh, an introduction to California punk, that is. Yeah, some of the key bands to listen to if you ever want to check them out. Black Flag, Adolescence, Dead Kennedys. Still the germs, even though you hate them. They yeah, are, the they germs definitely are, are a part of history in California. Yeah. And then also, I'd say listen to… Descendants, though. We Descendants, about Descendants yeah, yeah. That's a good good starter. I don't know. It depends on what kind of music you like. And if, if you don't like punk rock, then you're probably not going to like this See, kind of music. See, that's for early California punk. But you, you're not that big on the 90s stuff, huh? No. So, no latest effects? I got was like Op Ivy. Op Ivy was uh, basically Matt… Or is it Tim Armstrong and Matt Freeman? The later Dude, formed Rancid. did you like Mustard Plug? I did, actually. That's good ska. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, they're from California, right? Yeah, that's what we need to talk about next is ska oh, in California. Oh, my gosh. 
Wait, California are, ska scene. Okay, so mustard plugs pretty sick. Oh man, dude, I have not listened. Dude, I have not Mighty listened to them in years. Sounds. Goldfinger. Oh my gosh! Um, stop. <laughs> so many good bands. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, um, no effects are California, right? I think they are. I feel like they are. My brother was way into them. That's why you probably didn't like them. <laughs> no, I I did like them. Um, the early stuff, and then they kind of got. Eh. I think they are from California. I can't remember. They sound like an Orange County band to me, or San Diego yeah, band. And there's Pennywise. I know Pennywise. I was just about to ask you about Pennywise. They are from California. They are from California. That's what I thought. My brother Dude. has seen them so many times with my aunt and uncle. We have. I mean, I rag on California bands a lot, but we essentially have the most iconic scene ever. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't. Even though, deny unfortunately, that. Pennywise has been affiliated with like a lot of the bro culture, like <laughs> like Sublime. Yeah, they kind of <laughs> weaselled their way into all of uh, all of these genres and stuff. But yeah, oh <laughs> bro, bro, brocher, brocher, brocher. Got brochers. Brokers oh yeah, because the bros are that Orange County stereotype. Yeah, and there's the song by Pennywise, "Bro Him." <laughs> Whoa. We're gonna be committing so much Whoa. friendly fire on here, bragging right? on the state that we live in. <laughs> this is a lot of crap that guys come out of the state, though. Yeah, this is a lot. I mean, look at me. I came out of the state. Oh my gosh, I'm a piece of crap. I'm. I gotta cut that out. <laughs> I'm, <just kidding. laughs> I'm gonna leave it in just for comedic purposes. All right, for comedic reasons. Cool. But no one be Hopefully self-deprecating. people will start to understand my sense of humor. No, we're not going to teach people to be that way. But I will leave <laughs> it in just because you are Jeff. <laughs> I'm wearing a, a Indian shirt today. Right. Should have a segment. What kind of shirt will Jeff wear today? I know. We got a video. We almost said something else. We have to televise this again. We had so many episodes with Mitch and me. But um, yeah, you can, t- you can take a guess who deleted them by accident. <laughs> me? Definitely me. Oh. Yeah, that was my fault. So you guys can blame me for that one. But our audio is still there. So you can hey. check it out. But uh, Jeff, I think we can talk about more later. I think you have a lot to unwrap later. Yeah. Sure. You can check out my uh, my music if you like. Okay, anyway. Just kidding. No, go on. <laughs> if you like Elliot Smith, you won't like my music. No, your music is is very much like Elliot Smith. But in a good way. Because I, I know you heard me rag on people for sounding too much like the yeah. people they listen to, but your music's pretty uh, impressive. Thank you. Yeah. I've got like, maybe four good songs. No, we, we have more. We have more. I you have to help me sculpt them a little bit. More. I will I will be producing you. So if anyone else needs a producer out there, yeah, you Isaac know where to find Grover, me. Grover, producer. Right. Hemet, California. Well, if anyone's wondering, yes, I did that intro. And it's really cool. You show me how it all was broken down. It's like track by track. Very, very complex. It is very fun. Yeah, music is fun. It's fun to compose. It's fun to record and and just plan the mix. Just kind of do it. It's fun. If he can make me sound good, he can make you sound good. Well, you already sound great. We just have to record you properly. Yeah. Because garbage in, garbage out. So as long as you (laughs) record good in, it'll be good out. Yeah. Yeah. But you have a good sound, man. We'll definitely have people on here check you out. Cool. The Californians. Californians? Yeah. We'll try them. But for the most part, yeah, that's us. And we'll definitely check with all of you guys later. So uh, we'll, we'll see you later. Peace out, man. Yeah. <laughs>